Welcome to the next where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore and we nix it. I'm Justin Hartung. And I'm Fanny Darling. As always, a quick warning, there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we will do our best to let you know that they're coming. This episode, it's fun with franchises. Uh, We've got reviews of Ghostbusters Afterlife, Spider-Man No Way Home, and Matrix Resurrections. All right, as always, a plea, a special holiday plea to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts app. We don't need any, we don't need any iPads. We don't need any, um, what are those little eggs called that had the little creatures inside them? The, oh, yeah, the, Taga. Raised, the Taga. Yeah, Taga gotcha. Taga, yeah, yeah, we don't need that. No. We, we don't need the cabbage patch. We don't need the Teddy Ruxpin. We just need your reviews. Um, you know get, what the cabbage patch was this year? What was it? COVID at home tests. Oh, that's true. Yeah. As I was running around to grab some (laughs) for people, I, yeah, I came to that revelation. Hard to get. Yeah. 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 My mom tried to get a bunch and couldn't find them. Um, Thanks, Omicron. That's what we all got for Christmas. Yeah. So rate and review us because it's better than Omicron. Omicron, Omni and Cron. I cannot pronounce it. Sorry. Frittata. Frittata. Um, All right. So... Yes, rate and review us. You can do that on the Apple Podcast app. Ass? No, the Apple <laughs> Podcast app. Podchaser, Podbean, Stitcher, CastBox, um, and other places we're sure that we don't know about. So you can even rate and review us and tell us where else we're missing, which is a joke I think I've used before, but I'm going to do it again. Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, all right. Should we get into our main franchise fun? Sure. Why not? Let's um, do that. The first thing we saw is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, this is Jason Reitman, son of Ivan, who directed the original one or two. I can't remember if he did both of those. Uh Anyways, Jason, his son, directs a sequel reboot that picks up the story after Ghostbusters 2, essentially ignoring the Paul Feig reboot from a few years back. Uh, Confused yet? Yeah. You won't be after this episode of Soap. (laughs) Listeners, ask your grandparents. Nice. Um, I don't know. This has been out for a couple weeks. Should we just go full spoilers? Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, Full spoilers. If you've not seen Ghostbusters Afterlife and would like to, we are about to get into it. So one Slimer knockoff... um, one uh, yeah, plasma. Oh my god! I'm just gonna don't fail cross the beams, and we're going to go don't into cross spoilers. the beams. We're going to spoilers. <laughs> um, what did you think of Ghostbusters Afterlife, Fanny? I thought it was delightful. <laughs> I thought the acting was really good. Everybody in it was very winning. Um, I love Mackenzie Gra- uh, McKenna Grace. Paul Rudd couldn't possibly be more charming in anything if he tried ever, except for you know that shrink thing which no one was charming in um <laughs> the kid from stranger things finn wolfhard he's in an awkward phrase that's <laughs> true but he's still a good little actor um the story was fine H- hit some nice emotional notes i i thought it was delightful i that's it that's all I really have to say. It wasn't deep or anything, but it was, I laughed very, very hard and that I needed. And what were your, what were your Ghostbusters one and or two and or Paul Feig feelings? Okay. I, I do not remember two. One, of course I loved cause I was what 11, yeah. however old I was when it came out. And, um, I actually really liked the Feig one. Uh, Parker and I saw it together. We very much enjoyed it. I remember nothing except for the ratio of wontons to soup. That is literally all I took away from that movie. I don't even remember that. That's funny. Yeah, Melissa McCarthy kept wanting better. She didn't get enough wontons in her wonton soup, and then at the end, when they saved the world, she got all the wontons, (laughs) and she was constantly talking about wonton to soup ratio. So now every time we get wonton soup, we joke about wonton to soup ratio. That's what I remember, but that's something. So you've sort of enjoyed them all, and um, exactly. this one fit right into the continuum. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I so I having had watched having God I cannot speak today having watched the original over the Thanksgiving break um, for the first time in ages, which I think I talked about last episode. You did. did not age well. Was like wow, the first Ghostbusters. It's just good in your memory, I think. And if you really are a huge super fan of 
Bill Murray and whatever. Um, so I was hesitant about this movie. And I think one of the first things I said to you after we came out of it was that had a better like joke per minute success than certainly the first one did. Um, and I was surprised to, to, to feel that. But I think you and I were laughing a lot in like a actual lot. Yeah. And not in this sort of like cooler than now SNL sort of like, look at these guys like having just done a rail of Coke and like no, now they, fighting they ghosts. It was like sweet earned exactly. laughs. They were um, earned. They were sweet. It wasn't like, oh, here, let's be jaded together about this. It was, we want to find a way to make another generation of kids enjoy this. Yeah. And I liked that. That that felt good. Yeah. And I enjoyed the Slammer ripoff. Um, yep, Muncher. Muncher. And then I will say what kept it from being, to me, like a great movie, and it was just a fine movie, was the further it just recreated the beats of the first movie. Right. It's like you had this whole opportunity to just tell a new story, um, you have these great characters and, you know, I get that, sure, it's cute to work in the kind of old cast somehow. Right. And then that, that didn't like bother me necessarily. But the fact that it was beat by beat the same villain and right. it just was that like, was maybe because I just watched the original too. I was just like, really? Like you didn't trust your great material here. I and mean, you know, there was a whole script that probably went in a totally different direction. Right. And they had to consider the two and they were like, let's just... Remember, have the parents remember what happened in the first one by just recreating it, right. for, like scene by scene. We we call that the Star Wars um, reboot. <sighs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> weirdly, it worked better for me in the Force Awakens. No, I it did. did it did. Of, I, yeah. I am not taking anything away from the Force Awakens. I'm just saying that's yeah. that's what was happening. I I think part of it is like. The ending of the first one is like kind of like eh, like right. it's like really that's what you recreated. It's not even like that great an ending to rip off. Right. So I did um, like the Dave Puff Marshmallow Man on their Roombas. They were very and cute. They were adorable. Lots of Gremlins eighties yep. kind of action movie stuff. Um, really loved Carrie Coon. Delightful as always. Um, yeah, Ernie Hudson. I was like, don't you do Ernie Hudson wrong again? And right, he <laughs> shows up, and that was nice. Um, the ending, I do have some questions about why they took that car back to New York. That kid, that car belongs with the kids in right? no, the country. Totally. Like, that yeah. really bothered me. It's a dangerous um, car anyway. Exactly. And the kids earned it. You yes, know? they did. I mean, they can't legally drive it yet, but I mean, when they maybe can. Maybe they gave it, them a car to replace it with? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's made me wonder, like. Is this? Are they considering now going back to the original guys in New York? I'm guessing the sequel will be the kids go visit right. those guys in New York or something. Probably, um, yeah. and it'll be a Ghostbusters two retreat, right? <laughs> so, yep. um, but overall, much more fun than I thought it would be. Um, and there's so much conversation about, you know, well, it ignored the, you know, the Melissa McCarthy one and the, the fee one, and it's just like. Yeah, that was shitty. They probably could have just tipped their hat to that a right. little bit yes, um, somehow. Could. Like, you know, yeah, I agree. It's um, sort of like aggressively pretending like it doesn't. I mean, I guess it didn't like erase it. It just didn't acknowledge it. Yeah, um, I mean, when they went back to New York, there wasn't already a Ghostbusters there. So, right. yeah, I'd say they erased it. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. Nobody had heard of it since the. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, <laughs> that, that's erasing. Yeah. Fair enough. Um yeah, don't do that, guys. There's room for everybody. You can easily done. All There's of room it. for everybody, which leads us to our <laughs> next topic. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Spider-Man: No Way Home. Take it away. Uh, okay, so this is uh, John Watts' third entry into the Spider Verse. I'm going to really lean into this. There's room for everybody thing here. <laughs> He's bringing along Tom Holland's and Daya, Marissa Tomei, uh, Jacob Badalon. All coming along, Favreau too, but I don't really care about him too much. Are um, we spoiling? Well, that's what I was going to say. As yeah. long as a few other hitchhikers they'll picked up along the way, but we'll get there to spoilers. Yeah, we'll say spoilers, um, I guess. Let's start with non-spoilery. What did you think? Uh, it's hard to talk about what I thought without getting into spoilers. Okay. I will just say that I certainly didn't, you know, not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination, um, but I had a lot of problems with it. It was certainly my least favorite of the Tom Holland movies. Um, and for me really kept, it captured almost a year in which I think Kevin Feige has finally officially sort of lost 
the plot by overextending kind of the Marvel brand in ways that just no longer feel quite in control. And I think there's literal reasons with that with Sony and right. kind of the ongoing Spider-Man battle. Um, this just to me felt like a pretty, and again, I'll get into it more with spoilers, but a pretty crass, like nostalgia button plus future franchising. Like it just felt the, 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 the weight of the, the machine and the factory really to me just got, a hold of this movie in a way that I just got in the way of me really enjoying it. Right. I also found stretches of it to be really weirdly paced and boring and clunky. And it would just sort of like pick up some pace, but then it would just kind of drop it. And yeah. then just a lot of the humor didn't land for me. And it kind of worked in the other movies and didn't work as well for me here. Um, there's a huge villain problem. And by huge, we will talk about that in spoilers. Um, yeah, I was disappointed in this one. If we were still doing disappointments of the year, this would definitely go on that list. Fair. Um, I, I will say I liked uh, Holland just continues to act so his charming. buff little ass off. Yeah. And Zendaya, so it's charming. Great. And uh, the kid that plays Ned. Jacob uh, Batalon. So fun. And, uh, you know, Marissa Tomei, whatever. I don't know. I just think I, that role is See, I remain, when I was... <laughs> A young, I still wanted to be an actor, um, and this was. I always sort of thought I want to be an actor like Marissa Tomei as an actor. I want I mean, a career great. like Marissa Tomei's. Yeah, I want, she's great. Everybody they put her in things, but she's never become such a huge star that she like. I, I'm sure she gets recognized now a lot more than like at the time that I thought of her as. <laughs> yeah, but I bet she can walk down the street, and but she. She does solid work. She's respected. I remember. I remember thinking, "Oh, so now I've got a super soft spot for her always." I remember because I thought, I, "If I could be an actor, I'd want to be an actor." Like, okay, this is really dating myself. Sissy Spacek or Marissa Tomei. <laughs> <laughs> I love it um, because they they got the work done, but they it also didn't take their entire lives. It didn't totally. seem like no. And I and enjoy so, her, and she's doing her best. I think yep. the movie lets her. Roll yeah, they kind of do her. Well. Yeah, they kind of do her dirty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. With that, let's get into spoilers. Okay. Uh, <laughs> one Spider-Man villain, two Spider-Man villain, three. That is fair, I think, because that's all in the yes. trailers. <laughs> uh, four Spider-Man villains. Five. Spi- <laughs> one more Spider-Man. One yes. two Spider-Man. <laughs> three Spider. Yes. Whole bunch of them. Yes. Uh, so I just, for me, the, this movie felt so overstuffed. It just all the things it tried to do with the villains, and as I said to you halfway through the movie, oh wow, look, they think that putting all the terrible villains together somehow makes it better. Um, it just <laughs> three three bad villains don't make uh, a good villain. Jamie Fox doing Electro, he looks so bored and uncomfortable. The fact that they joke about his revamped appearance and clearly how miserable he was, I don't want to be reminded of any of that stuff. Right. Like it was just kind of a bummer of like. Oh, here are these movies that didn't work that like we now have to like be reminded of right. in a franchise that is working, and I really right. don't want to think about that. Yeah. And I think there was a way they could have done some of that. It like it should have been like ten minutes of the movie, but because contracts, I'm sure they had to be like way more part of the movie, all of them. And it was just very all over the place. There's like this whole middle period of the movie where there's in cells like quipping and i'm sure they put them in cells so that they could cut it together so they filmed it during covid and that was a really easy way to get everybody to do their scenes without being with other people that's a good point um i I do have to feel you could very much feel that the covid in it yeah that's a really good point i should be a little more understanding about that i'm saying all this now i feel terrible but well but there's ways to make it work where it doesn't where you don't see that the sausage being made you yeah, know, I understand why they did it, and I have some sympathy for it. But also, I see what you did there. Yeah, you know? and it makes it it makes the pacing weird. It it makes the interactions weird because they it is very much shot interview style. Where okay, so they one guy does the interviews and then they shoot the reactions, and you know you can feel that happening, and that's not always super organic if you're sitting in a movie theater. Yeah, so. and just also uh, for me. Part of the fun of of these movies is like, you know, there's always a new villain and who's the villain and sometimes it works. And I'm like, I know these villains, even the ones that I sort of like, like Defoe and Defoe was really good. Octavius, like 
I just, I didn't need to see more of any of it. I was just sort of like, I, I've done these stories. I mean, it's always, a, I think, a comic book problem that I always get annoyed with in comics anyways. I'm like, I don't, you do one and you're usually done. I'm like, right. there's so few villains that are just worth repeating. Yeah. Like, My favorite part of this movie actually points out the problem with this movie. And it was um, when uh, Jamie Foxx and Andrew Garfield, I think, are talking what was it Garfield? I don't know. Anyway, Jamie Foxx and one of the Spider Men were talking about, oh, I thought that Holland would be black. And right. when he took his mask off. And um and it was Jamie like Fox protecting says, kids. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, Well I'll maybe, you know, maybe there'll be a black Spider Man. And there was a little kid behind us that screamed, Miles Morales and I I teared up. That was and that was awesome, but it was also like it was a moment I had with a kid in the theater, and it pointed out that we weren't watching a Miles Morales movie, yeah, and that Miles Morales wasn't in the movie, and it was very that that my favorite part showed why this movie wasn't my wasn't yeah and didn't land the, and into the Spider Verse just did all of this way better, yep. like yep. it just was sort of like. We just saw a much better version of this, so yep. that was the other problem I thought. With but the movie. that kid screaming that just and it made me think of uh, Stan Lee in the first movie when he tells him, you know, when the kid says, "Well, what if it doesn't fit?" and he says, "Well, it will eventually." Oh no, that's in the, this. That's to Holland, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And but it made me think of that wonderful line, and and all of that made me think of the things that Spider-Man has meant to other people in the past and how this one wasn't quite yeah. hitting that emotional resonance with me. Yeah. So. And there was also a lot of just like weird character decisions, like the whole Doctor Strange thing. Why would he do any of this? It doesn't make any sense. It's like, it's just yeah. like you're the adult in the room. Why would you even? Yeah. Like, you know, I, he was set up as being sort of a selfish whatever character, but the whole point of the last couple of Avengers movies is like he's learned a bit and it's also Cumberbatch is a bad fit for the role. Yeah. And like none of it made any sense. Yep. And then the, the rules of like who was able to come into the universe and like why they were just kind of like suddenly there. Like, were, right. but, no, they didn't get into any of that. I do. I am excited for Jacob Battlin if he gets what he wants. That'll be fun. So... What's that? Because they've shown him to be able to use magic. Oh, you don't oh, ever read this? They they've right. set him up to be hobgoblin. Oh, so yeah, uh, I'm confused by all of that because I still don't even know if we know if there are more Spider-Man movies with these actors. I, I well, he yeah. said he wants to do it. Okay, so um, yeah, but I don't, also don't want him to be bad. Yep, <laughs> yeah, but he, I, I get that. But yeah. now with his memory wiped and, and yeah, uh, so anyway. Yeah, that's true. Maybe the point of it is like without Spider-Man, he goes bad or yeah. something. Like, then you know, and if he wants yeah. to do it, I think that's cool. That, yeah, that he wants that's a good juicy thing for him to get to do. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, nobody else is you know totally. can't do any be any worse. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and that guy's charming and interesting and funny and yeah, that would be cool. Um, the Aunt May thing. I mean, whatever. It's sort of I get that it's recreating the uncle ben thing and whatever well and saying that particular line yeah i I understand that you we had to leave him on his own i get it it's you know you had to kill dumbledore too it has to happen yeah but but it was it seemed dirty it seemed not cool dirty (laughs) and it seemed like i don't know these movies just repeating the same beats over and over again it's like you can do whatever you want here like you don't you can do something new the point is that you know i don't know some of that frustrates me. Also, the Favreau of it all. I just don't want him. Favreau, <laughs> Jesus. He's his own biggest fan. I, I just, just, oh my God. Yeah, I'm all over Favreau. Funny. I don't no. have any like, problem with him, but I, I just don't. No, He's in the movies too much for the size of the role. And this like, being sad about them breaking up, it was there was so much of that opening scene to swingers where he's leaving 8,000 messages and it just made me uncomfortable. And I'm like, Oh, you're too good at this. And I don't, you know, you're too good at playing this guy. Yeah. And I don't want to be in a room with that guy. No, it's like, I'm glad you directed the first Iron Man, but it doesn't mean you get to be in every single fucking movie. And get a side plot. Yeah. You know, just stop it. A movie that's already way overstuffed. Yep. 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 Um, we also need to talk about that. God awful end credit scene with Tom Holland and Venom, which was just like, 
insanely terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. first of all, Tom Holland looks like he's been drinking since Venom. You're, that's Tom Hardy, not Tom Holland. Oh, God, sorry. Yeah. Tom Hardy. Damn, I was very Tom, confused. My Tom age is confused. Yep. yep. Um, yes, at the very end scene. Um, yeah, he hasn't had a good COVID. He did not. <laughs> I mean, whatever. I don't want to like judge. <laughs> no, but it's definitely it's. He doesn't look healthy. Yeah, that's yeah. And um, it was not funny, and they were drinking also on top of it, and yeah. it was like this isn't funny. This is depressing. Yeah, and also was like this is the kind of thing that Feige, I think, if he were didn't have to worry about Sony's Venom universe, would right. be like. No, this isn't working. This isn't going in the end. Credits. Yeah, we're done. Yeah. yeah, but the other end credit thing wasn't. The other end credit thing was a trailer Just the and trailer a bad trailer at that. Yeah, so. yeah. Everything feels kind of a mess there yeah. right now, um, which I think maybe is a good segue into Hawkeye. Sure, which Let's ended. Um, Hawkeye ended. Um, we're gonna are we gonna do spoilers? End of this week. I mean, I guess yeah, we do a very yeah. quick summation of what we thought, and yeah. then we'll get into spoilers. Um, what did you think of Hawkeye as a whole? As a whole? Yeah, I liked it. I But I, mean, I really, you know, because it had Pew, and it had Steinfeld, and that was all good and charming. And uh, Jeremy Renner, I, good God, man, I do not care. <laughs> and so the rest of the stuff is spoiler stuff. Yeah. Um, same pretty much. I enjoyed it certainly more than I thought I was going to from before it started. Um, I think by the end, common theme here, overstuffed, too much going on, too many characters to wrap up kind of in a satisfying way in six episodes to the point where you're just kind of like, what is happening here? Yeah, totally. Should we go into spoilers? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so Hawkeye, one trick arrow, two trick arrow, three trick arrows. Um, this one marked very dangerous. Um, <laughs> I, there's so, I mean, there's so much fun stuff, yes. even in that finale. But I want credit for, in the first five minutes of this show, calling the final scene, like, calling it, like, in my head, the scene was exactly, like, okay, so they'll pull up to the house, you won't think that she's in the car. No, I didn't realize and then you even called that part of it. Yeah, and then yeah. he'll get out of the car and then be like, hey, and she'll come in. Ooh, it and was I'm such like, an annoying long beat yeah, of, like, are you like, kidding? We know she's there. Maybe yeah. because you said it. And I'd forgotten uh, about I'm it. telling you, I, I <laughs> it was the most, I can't even pat myself on the back because <laughs> it, was so it was so obvious, yeah. but I'm a little proud. Yeah. Um, I don't care about the Agent 19 thing because I didn't understand it. I didn't actually either. I had, I had to yeah. go look it up. I didn't even look it up. I just came across it in reading other yeah. stuff. I'm like, okay, so some people are super happy and some people are really sad because apparently they really liked that character on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they are afraid that they're replacing that character yeah. with Cardellini. I didn't now, I like Cardellini, so. Canon, uh, Agents of Shield. Well, that's what people are mad about because yeah. they wanted to, to start to be canon now because. Oh, I they're beginning that it wasn't yeah, canon. I but, know, but yeah. they're mad. Um, yeah, I. So there's a lot. I mean, there's just so much going on by the end of that. The Pew stuff, as much as I liked her, I just. I feel like it almost sort of did a disservice to her story about her sister and her right. revenge. Um, the freaking thing with Kingpin just showing up, um, <laughs> plus Eleanor, plus the tracksuit mafia, yeah. plus who else am I forgetting? I mean, we knew another... Eleanor had to be bad because she's Vera Farragama, so yeah. that was like, duh, but, yeah. you know. And uh, there was just uh, an overload, and the LARPers, and the, yeah. I mean, that last episode. I mean, at least and, they let the LARPers come back and not make fun of them. Right. I appreciate that, <laughs> right. you know, after tearing into them about... About that when our first when we first talked about it, but so at least they went went and you know treated oh, them Echo. like human beings. That's the other I person that. I forgot. Echo. All right, yes. Echo. There were too many villains Who, in this thing. Or quote unquote conflict. shot kingpin. Yeah, yeah right. Definitely we not. didn't see no. We the, yeah. a gunshot off screen. Yeah. No. Yeah. Not dead. And she has her own show coming up, yeah. which I'm sure he's going to be the right in yeah. somehow. Um, yep. It, it just again the factory of it all is. It just kind of undoes the goodwill. Yeah. And maybe that's always been the case, and maybe I'm just finally getting real fatigue with it. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Could be. Um, I, but 
all that said, I really actually did enjoy this show. I, it's, t- I think, a testament to its its charms that Dave was watching the finale with me and kept asking me questions, even though he hadn't watched much of it. And I was like, this is working because he's clearly paying attention to right. it. Yeah, um, no, I, and I, I, like I said, I'm not sorry I watched it. I yeah. certainly enjoyed it more than the winter peanut butter snowman or <laughs> what the hell ever. Um, and, you know, I liked Loki, but, you know, Loki kind of fell out of my head even as much as I thought I liked it. And this one will too, right? And it's probably like, this one yeah. will too. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I did think Steinfeld and Runner had a really nice chemistry. Yeah, like a lot of it was sweet Steinfeld. when he was in the suit and she yeah. got excited. That yeah. was cute. I mean, but I think most of the stuff that works is because she is just man. She's so, so good. So good. <laughs> you should watch Dickinson. You should try Dickinson okay. on Apple Plus. It's nice. so good, and, and she lo- is so wonderful. Love her with Pew. Their interactions were fun and funny. Somebody somewhere was saying, "Oh, I just would love to watch a Hawkeye and." Yep, Black Widow show with the two of them, and I was like, yeah. "Oh yes, that's what should be happening." No, it'd be great. Yeah, and they get more than six episodes. They can be in the revenge business and just disconnect it from all the stuff. Yeah, we just can you please? And I remember at the beginning of this phase four or whatever when they started talking about the shows mm-hmm. that Feige was like, "Oh, there's going to be a lot of less connected stuff, and things are going right. to stand on their own." And it's like, and they kind of do. <laughs> a little bit mm-hmm. for the first few episodes and mm-hmm. then they you know it's like and then they stop doing that the end of almost every one of these shows was hijacked by some yep. other franchise at some point yep. um and i don't know if he like if I, th- I i feel like maybe he didn't want that to be yeah like he was like okay so this is my thing and this is what i want to do and then they were like oh except we could also do this yeah and he was like, but I don't want to. Oh, there's a dump truck of money. Yeah, okay, let's do that. Yeah, Because dump truck of money. And the dump, dump truck of money actually points to future dump trucks of money. Yes. So. so, yes, there's like a convoy of dump trucks, <laughs> yeah. and they all have lots of money. So, so sure. So, right in the new villain in the last episode. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all right. I mean, will I watch Agatha all along? Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> I keep saying I'm done, but we know how that goes. Catherine Hahn. <laughs> I wanted to do a quick, because I saw all the Marvel stuff this year. Okay. So I want to do a quick rundown of, of my ranking. And this is not super thought about, but just okay. off the top of my head. I'm going to say. I'm going to not participate for reasons. Weirdly. I very surprisingly thought Black Widow was the, the best of those, which is saying something. Interesting. Um, actually, no, I'm sorry. WandaVision is definitely the best. Then Black Widow. Um, then, weirdly, I'm going to say Eternals, which is not good, which says a lot where we're at. Dang. Because <laughs> um, yeah, you hated that. I At least it tried something. It felt really, truly like something was trying to be done differently. Um, then I would probably say Hawkeye. And then uh, Loki. And then Spider-Man. And then Peanut Butter Soldier. <laughs> and is that it? Peanut Butter and the Snowman. Am I forgetting something? <laughs> no, I think that's it. That's I it. Know, you're asking the wrong person. Oh, that was a lot. Oh, for did you do what F? Oh, what if it's definitely the bottom? Okay. I'm, like, I'm like, well, listen, we're just assuming that. Um, yeah. And I, I think at the beginning of the year, I was so excited about all this stuff. But mm-hmm. also, to your point, COVID, yeah. I, I'm sure that also just fucked a lot of things up for a lot of people. So And our attitudes, you know. Exactly. We've been a bit depressed. We're people. a bit broken. Yeah. Um, all right. What else? Uh, we can talk briefly. We just watched. Uh, Shiva Baby. Shiva Baby. Um, I don't know a ton about this movie other than it was a lot of people's um, lists of great stuff to watch this year. There's so much stuff this year. Um, This was on HBO Max. It is about um, a college-age student who is basically going to a Shiva for a family friend that she doesn't really remember. Um, She is a sex worker. It's not a spoiler. It's right in the beginning of the movie um, with a kind of sugar daddy. And she goes to the Shiva and not only is the sugar daddy there, but also an ex-girlfriend. That's all in the log lines. I don't feel too bad about spoiling it. Um, What did you think of Shiva, baby? I mean, I liked it. I, I, Thought it was interesting in the way that it was shot. Everybody in the acting was really, really good. Um, I'm not 
super cringe comedy person, you know, like the the it making me uncomfortable for an hour and twenty minutes isn't always the way to get win my heart. Um, but again, the performances were very good. I thought it was incredibly well written, and I did like the music and light cues treating it as if it was a horror movie. I respected the hell out of that because lots of times shit like that is horrible and is a horror film. So yeah, that's. Worth watching on HBO. Oh, yeah, worth watching for sure. Yeah. You know, there are a lot worse ways to spend an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. Because I'm going to knock off five minutes for the production uh, bugs at the beginning. Love that length. Yes. Despite. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. First of all, we got to nix. We are nixing. endless production credits it's okay that a lot of people had to chip in to make your movie right you don't need to show them the logo once and then in the actual credits right. show them again like just crazy. pick one yeah um that was a lot yeah uh, but i like you also enjoyed it recommend it um i probably enjoyed it maybe a little more than you because i i do love a cringe comedy yes, when it's do. done well yep. um and this was done well i do think it kind of was like Halfway through, I was like, okay, I get it. Where are we going with this? And it didn't really do right. much beyond that. But um, could the final scene alone, like, the, you know, we could have made it great. an hour yeah. and ended with that final scene. Yeah. <laughs> trying to arrange. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. Uh, I it, won't spoil it, but it's wonderfully uncomfortable in a way yeah. that we have all experienced. And it's sweet about, or I don't even know, it's sweet. It's honest about the way it sort of looks at the, the way that people find ways to exert power and whether that's sort of being cruel or, you know, sort of trying to like just exert it to like make themselves feel protected or there's just like an interesting sort of look at sort of, sort of, I don't want to say victims, but sort of like the way that people sort of assert themselves and find space for themselves in the world that I thought was interesting. Right. Um, and yeah, also I laughed a lot because I'm a terrible person. There's that. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Are we doing my pop? Oh, yeah. are we, we're going to pop culture. So you, yeah. yes. No, why don't you go? Okay. Yeah, I don't have a lot. A um, couple weeks ago, before since we haven't recorded since then, remember Succession that the finale happened, and I watched it, and Dave was going to talk to me about it, but he's not. So I'm, but he's not here. So I'm going to talk on my own. Um, God damn this show. <laughs> it's just so incredibly well written and so well done. And I know that I sat and made you watch it. And it's it's not fair to ask you what you thought because there was so much. There was three seasons at play there. Right. Um, so I, I can't – I can hardly pick a person that is the best in this show. Um I know that the New Yorker picked Jeremy Strong, apparently, as their person that's the best in this show. And I do think he is extraordinary in this. But I also think, you know, I'm not saying anything that nobody does, nobody isn't also saying, but Kieran Culkin is just fucking great. Brian Cox, Alexander Skarsgård did a great job in this. Sarah Snook is so good. And, um, and, but Jay Smith Cameron, come on. She's the one person at this point that everybody can kind of root for. And she turns into like the most cutthroat person and like at the end of it, I just, come on. Can we finally realize that Jay Smith Cameron is like amazing, please? Um, anyway, I loved Succession. I don't want to wait a year for it to be gone. I can't stop thinking about the finale. Thought it was brilliant and great. And don't send a dick pic to your dad. <laughs> Especially if your dad is Rupert Murdoch. Um, it's funny that it, it, like talking about cringe comedy, I'm like, oh, it is a cringe comedy, but it sort of, yeah, kind of. and like if it were a cringe comedy, I'd probably be more right. into it. But it's like sort of is anyway. It's yeah, an I mean, it's a. Co- I definitely think it's a yeah. super dark comedy, but I think it's the dryness of it not yeah. being played for laughs mm-hmm. and for you know, and not necessarily being played for cringe. Right, that it's it's the way it's shot that makes the cringe comedy of it to me work. Right, different. Yeah, so. I get it. It's just interesting for me to think about, yeah. like, why and did I respond to one kind and not the other? Karen Culkin, very similar rhythms. Uh, in a weird face way. acting alone. There's uh, his body language when he realizes that he has sent his father a dick pic, and his entire body just he turns into a seven year old, and his eyes bulge, and you can see him being like, "I'm trying to not." cry and vomit but also look like some bravado and like everything's fine and god damn he's like 
this did I just ruin my own life-ness in his face is so good. But also, did I just ruin my own life from an ultra-privileged kid that doesn't even really understand what that means? Right. Just so good. Nice. Uh, Claws is back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This show has gaslit me enough times, okay? It said it was coming back in June. It did not come back in June. And then they said, oh, December 26th. And then on December 14th, they were like, hey, on Sunday is the two-hour premiere. Get your shit together, TNT. What is happening? So... Anyway, scrambled together, got my uh, two buddies that I would sit around and watch it with, and it's this is Great. just a so really good. fun show. What season really good. is it? This is the fourth and final. Oh, this wow. is it. Okay. Um, just really fun, and everybody's obviously having a blast, and it's, you know, trashy and huge and glitzy and over the top, and I love it, and I'm glad it's back, and I'm excited to watch the next episode tomorrow. Nice. Um, I'm not excited to watch the next episode of this show next week, and yet, and just like that, I will be in front of the TV watching and just like that, and I don't even like Sex in the City. How many episodes have dropped now? Four? Four. Okay. Four. And you, it's n- not it's a terrible. single good thing to say about no, it? No, I don't have a fucking good thing to say about this show, except apparently that killing Chris Noth was the smartest thing you could ever do. But is anybody really surprised that Chris Noth is a terrible person? I'm not. Um, <laughs> I saw that news. I yeah. was thinking about all the Mr. Big fans yeah. out there. Yeah, so now they're not so sorry he's dead, or they believe him because right. they're those people. But anyway, no, there's nothing on this show that is in any way redeemable. It's killing all of the, any goodwill that anybody had toward any of these characters. Sarah Jessica Parker is older than me, and I do not for a second believe, no matter how fashion-forward she is, that she would leave her house in basically a crinoline, okay? (laughs) And I'm not kidding, a crinoline, a see-through crinoline that you wear under a vintage dress to poof it out. I know she always wore weird shit. This was this morning that I watched this. She went to get coffee in a fucking crinoline. It's not cute. It's not funny. It's not fashion forward. It's just dumb. You talking I don't about care it is funny. How New York you are, you're not at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning to go to the bodega to get coffee because your coffee mate, you apparently don't know how to use your coffee mate anymore because now you're, you know, you're not a poor anymore. So you put on a crinoline and a striped cardigan to go get coffee from the bodega guy. This, no. Stop it. Shut up. This sounds like a Nyx. Oh, <laughs> I know that they were going toward that ballet thing in the first, you know, the frou-frou ballet tutu shit in the first fucking, you know, the credit scene. But i sorry. It made me so mad. That is all. That's all I have to say. Um, trying to think of any follow-up questions that will help explain why you keep watching this. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have a problem, but I know I'll watch the rest of it. I know I will. Um, And you think, what's her name, Cynthia Nixon's storyline is no good? No! I mean, I hope that they're maybe making it interesting, but in general, no, she's just a horrible nag. Awful. I think I'm a better woke person than you, but it turns out that I'm actually a stupid ninny. Do they have, um, is Steve on it? Yeah, he's on it. He's got 60% hearing loss in one ear and 40% in the other, and they're basically just friends, which is fine. They're not mean to each other. Oh, and I think Cynthia Nixon is a drunk, and her son's really mean to her and has, like, very graphic sex that they can hear, and it's supposed to be funny, and she stepped on a full condom in his room. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And how old is the son? Like, 17. Okay. And Charlotte's kids, one of them doesn't think that she's a girl or that they're a girl, which Charlotte's tried to deal with, like, and is trying to be respectful of, and it's very sweet. That's, like, the only somewhat interesting part. But then she goes to friggin' Anthony and asks him, and he's like, what, she thinks she's a dinosaur? And they actually had the gay man counsel his straight cis friend about... The, do- the kid that he's known since the day she was born and is supposed to be very involved in to say, tell her to wear deodorant and, you know, it's a phase and don't talk about it. Oh, God. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> I mean, probably not too far off. I don't care, <laughs> but... That's awful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're not, they're not good people. I mean, not that they need uh, good people. These people think there's nobody to root for on Succession and then they're fucking crying over Big? Shut up. That's At least Succession, they know they're bullshit. I think they don't know that they're terrible. 
people is the problem with that <laughs> uh, All right. I'm sorry, Puck. My dog is very, very worried that I'm going to... She's like, I thought, are we watching politics? <laughs> right. <laughs> Something else. Please, anything. Um, so, more franchise stuff. I watched, I don't know why, The Matrix Resurrections on HBO Max. Um, my very first question is, for a movie franchise that's supposed to be very much sort of appreciated and sort of... Uh, you know, seen as reflective about trans and non-binary sort of issues. Um, why are there so few openly non-binary and trans people in these movies and characters? Uh, it's weird. Um, as Dave and I were watching it, Dave said, it kind of feels like this is just about <laughs> upholding like gender stereotypes and binaries. Like, um, I don't know. I, I don't, I would love to like talk to a trans or non-binary person who sort of is like, still enjoying this series and see what and and you know what i think even lana wachowski herself would be like that's not all this is about so don't reduce it to that or something um on top of that (laughs) it's just not great i was kind of rooting for it because it is the weird little scrappy sci-fi i mean it's weird to call the matrix scrappy and little although this one sort of feels like that weirdly i mean it definitely has a lower budget sort of i don't know there's some weird cheesy like stuff in it that feels like a made for um you know what was xena used to be on it has a little of that kind of like like wb saturday night like energy um there's some cute robot bug kind of friends in it that are sort of fun and sweet i was like oh there's fun robot things now um keanu in the first 20 minutes of it, Dave was like, is he, he's playing this like it's a comedy. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he is. It's like, God, he knows that it's ridiculous. Um, but then it requires them to get more serious and the more it gets serious, the worse it gets. Um, Carrie Ann Moss is great. She should have been a much bigger star. I don't know what happened, whether she just sat and napped in her money for that long, but it's so fun to see her back on screen. She's like great in this. Um, there's lots of new characters that are, like weirdly anonymous and just don't have a lot of personality because everybody's being like cool matrixy flipping around and shooting also the violence in it it's like (laughs) this is never have i felt my mom's like judgy mcjudgy feelings ever so much she said i watched the trailer for that so much violence (laughs) and i was like you know you're right (laughs) and it's just very like for a movie that's sort of like purports to be sort of thinking about spiritual and personal identity. It's just like, it is sort of just this like bloodless, endless, like right. smashy, violent stuff. And like you live in the matrix, you can like manipulate code and do cool shit. And you're still running around with guns right. constantly. Like that's what you do in the matrix. You just shoot people. Like I just feel like there's gotta be something cooler you can do to kill people. <laughs> I just was like, yeah, there was something a little depressing by the time it ended. I was like, this is all bad news. And I'm like, you can root for the people in it and want them to do cool things and also realize this ain't it. Right. <laughs> um, being the Ricardos uh, oh, on gosh. Amazon Prime. Okay, here's the thing. I was really ready to dislike this. It's not bad. I sort of enjoyed it. I think Nicole Kidman is actually gives a really good performance in it. She's very like not funny what is i pointed this out to dave he said i don't think lucille ball was like particularly funny when she wasn't on camera that was her whole thing when she was sort of tough and um it sort of makes sense and nicole Kidman kind of works and it's um there's sort of a nice like emotional heft to her performance that i sort of was like oh this is why people really like nicole Kidman. um also javier bardem just the craggier and pudding 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 her he gets he's like you still got it like he's just i love watching him yeah, he's good um he's just so so good on this he gets to do some musical stuff which is really fun um and i don't know whether he really did it but it was just fun the two of them have great chemistry together um it is got the stupidest framing device i have like ever week, seen right? which is all apparently yeah. made up yeah 
Um, and a lot of the stuff in the movie is made up. There's a lot of well, stuff. Well, I'm sure. Well, actually, I'm sure that Aaron Sorkin could explain to you why he did it that way. <laughs> if you gave him a line of cocaine, he'd be glad to tell you, you fucking idiot who doesn't know how to be a woman or a liberal. I will say, I, did, I have feelings. Did not realize it was Sorkin until the very end. I just had like forgotten. <laughs> so, I, to his credit, he made me forget that it was a Sorkin movie while I was watching it. It, but then I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about his sort of like, you know, um, Alia Shawkat's in it, playing one of the head writers, and you know, the woman who plays Ethel is really good. I forget her name, but there's this sort of like you know, scene with like the three of them sort of bonding. And then, um, you know, what's his name? J J Jonah Jameson. JK Simmons. JK Simmons, uh, peanut butter Falcon. He plays, uh, Ethel's husband. God, all the names are failing me. Mertz or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so he comes out and like, kind of like mansplain. I was like, Oh, there's the Sarkin of it all, which I didn't even, and I was like, that was a weird scene. There's a lot of like, also like, Feminism, cool. Here's why. That kind of stuff was just definitely kind of tedious, and I can see why it super would turn a lot of people off. Um, I had zero expectations, um, so I sort of thought this movie was better than I thought it would be. I think Nicole Kimmon's performance is just kind of worth seeing. I think that's where I landed. Um, Remain in Love. I've been reading a ton of books. Um, uh, this is Chris France from The Talking Heads. Uh, Wow, this band does not like each other. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I very quickly was like, okay, I'm bored with uh, the stories about his childhood. You're the drummer from Talking Heads. I don't really care. You don't seem that interesting. Like, you're this you privileged, had a weird kid. Big deal. Okay, but give me all the David Byrne is a weird asshole stories. Give them all to me. And then I was like, devouring it. Like, <laughs> say some more shit. But then you're like, he says, oh, I think David Byrne was un- undiagnosed autistic, and that's probably why he acted the way he- – and it's like, yeah, you asshole. Right, so why are we such a dick? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It, it, the more you read it, the more you're like – it's clear that Chris Franz and Tina Weymouth, who are you know, the drummer and the bassist, who were married, who were very bitter that they didn't get songwriting credits for a lot of stuff. They went on to Tom Tom Club. They were definitely a huge part of Talking Heads. It sounds like <laughs> Byrne was – a total asshole and maybe revenge pooped in a hotel at some point. There's a whole story about that, which I just none of like revenge poop. <laughs> There's some revenge pooping in this book, uh, this memoir that I did not see coming. And you kind of feel like Chris Franz even is like, this is a story I heard that this is how crazy it, it probably could have maybe was. I'm like, you don't even believe this story. Um, David Byrne revenge pooping on a hotel bed because he's mad at the hotel staff. I see it. I don't either. I don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Especially, that's a, no, that's like a germy issue. No, I don't know. I don't see it. And the sad thing is that I did end up devouring it and at the end felt like, well, this book just ruined the talking heads. (laughs) It felt like the the talking heads revenge pooped on you. 100%. (laughs) I'm just now like, I don't know. It's really hard to listen to the songs and I love that band. So I kind of don't recommend this book. Like, okay, well, good to know. It's a little like your, um, your, you know, Sex in the City, where you're just like, "Why am I reading this? Why am I reading this?" And then you're like, "Oh God, I read it!" <laughs> like, can't unread it. Yeah. So, uh, moving on from there. Because even if I don't believe the re- revenge poop, I can't <laughs> have unread it. That's seriously like all I can think about now yep. when I hear "Once in a Lifetime." Oh yeah, "Once in a Lifetime." Yeah, you poop in a hotel room. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, Watching the days go by. <laughs> Uh, West Side Story. Dave and I went to go see it. Um, I don't have too much to say about this. It's West Side Story. It's uh, Tony Kushner. It's, uh, you know, Spielberg. It's, they kind of write some of the problems. And also, why are we doing West Side Story, even with some corrections? I've almost already forgotten about this movie. He violences it up a little bit because cool and, you know, why not do a little kind of, you know gritty bloody realism in your fantasy musical about gangs um this this play has fantastic music that both you and i were 
in the versions of the mm-hmm. show, watching it, every single song, you're like, man, this is good music. The show itself is so stupid. It's just, there's nothing to it. It's a big nothing burger. It's a retreat of Ju- uh, Romeo and Juliet that has, yeah. but it has nothing really on its mind no. at all, other than like, wouldn't it be cool if we did it with, right. you know, then then modern kind of story framework. Uh, skip this. As Dave said, there wasn't enough dancing. True. It's true. There's like weirdly like just you at least want there to be like tons of dancing. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know much to say about this. Rita Moreno. Um, props to you for giving yourself somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> It's like not since Richard O'Brien took a science fiction double feature back for the movie has has a better ma- move been made. My dad, Richard O'Brien, tips his hat. To my you. parents saw it, and last night my dad was like, "What? So that's somewhere saw so? what?" And I was like, "No, yeah, no, she she doesn't sing that. No, she's not normally in the show." And he was like, "Yeah, that was really strange." And I was, yeah, dad, that was really strange. Um. Also, fucking paste-faced Elgort. Um, yeah, not only a shitty person, uh, not good. A shitty actor. Yeah, uh-huh. um, yeah. I really don't know why. Why any of it? Um, I know a lot of people enjoyed it. I'm glad you got your fix. Just watch your old high school tapes. <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> um, I've another book I've been reading. Uh, I read. Uh, been on a nice little reading kick. Uh, N.K. Jemison, an author that I've really liked uh, and been engaged with. I don't. It's funny. I don't always like like her work, but I feel super engaged with it, and I appreciate that. And uh, the Hundred Thousand Kingdoms was her earlier trilogy. There's three books in this. This is the first of that first kind of trilogy. Um, it is very kind of you know similar topics. I think she sort of likes to play in these sort of rich fantasy worlds of power and kings and rulers and but it's very tense and very dark and i i wouldn't say i enjoyed it it was a little bit of like a <laughs> not a slog but it's like dark and just not very fun in a way but um yeah i i think i'll read the next two i don't know i'm just i i appreciate her writing there's a whole uh passage in the book where this sort of one there's a lot about like colorism and these tribes and her main protagonist is sort of like has very like natural hair that to her feels ugly and uncontrolled and she basically is sort of thrust into this kind of palace royalty position and she kind of writes about looking in the mirror and just feeling like (laughs) her hair is as good as it's gonna look so like why bother doing anything to it (laughs) mood yeah and uh yeah there's just good she's a great writer they're just like her turns of phrase are great her character work is just like perfect stories are just dark and brutal um but i appreciate that also so um all right i think that's it do we have anything else no i think that's it where can they tell us what they thought of all these? I'm sure they saw some of these franchise messes. <laughs> you thoughts. And find us on Facebook. You just have to search for the Nix podcast. You can send us an email, motion to Nix at gmail.com. You can send us a tweet. And that is done by doing, oh my good Lord. That <laughs> is done by at the Nix podcast. And I'm at Fanny V. Darling. And I'm at Justin Hurtung on Twitter. I should probably have more to drink before we, t- before. <laughs> We record our top ten. See you next time. Bye!